hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving, a great Black Friday, and you got your cyber on on Monday. Today is the first day of December, Thursday, December 1st. We got some stuff to catch up on and a amazing podcast for you as always. You know, it's the Thanksgiving season heading into Christmas, so we wanted to give a giving episode. We got a great one. We got a great one. Of course, in the intro, we'll have volleyball, football playoffs, as both have ended the state tournaments, and that is a wrap on winter sports as they were the last two to finish. We're going to bring some scores from the winter sports, basketball, wrestling, bowling, swimming. We got a little bit of all coming up in the winter, which have already started, and we've been speaking about some of them as we have went here. Because it's the most magical time of the year, not just because of Christmas, but volleyball and football, the postseason, always amazing. And then we go into my favorite sport, basketball. I love bowling. Swimming's always cool to pay attention to and see what they're doing. It is the greatest, most magical time of the year. And then because we're giving back, we had to speak to somebody that was giving back. Mark Marrow, former WWE wrestler, former Golden Gloves boxing champion. We spoke with him. He stopped by Putnam County High School in October, October 20th. And we had to talk to him. We had to. We had somebody like that in our area had to reach out. He is doing a worldwide tour, worldwide, not nationwide, being a motivational speaker of the things that you'll deal with in life and that you have to keep moving through and you know, staying away from drugs and alcohol. And Mark Merrill uses his story to help students with that message. So it was a great conversation. Really, really glad I got to talk to Mark Merrill. Honestly, I go into these conversations thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Some of them are not a real conversation and it's real patchy and You know, if you don't understand somebody or they don't understand you, it kind of gets difficult sometimes and you put together the best conversation you can. This one was so simple, so easy, great guy, easy to talk to, great message, and it was a fantastic opportunity to speak with Mark Merrill. We also have Dustin Schrank, the Putnam County principal on this episode. We're actually going to start with Dustin, then we'll go into Mark Merrill. Schrank, also a great dude. I had not spoken to him him before and he was great he was absolutely awesome he a wrestling fan I can always relate to a wrestling fan and just a great overall guy he had reached out to Mark Merrill before at a previous job and brought him to Putnam County so Dustin Shrank Mark Merrill those are our guests today really privileged to have them on edge of your seat podcast so happy Thanksgiving we're gonna give back with some giving conversations. I'm your host, Brendan Lachance. This is Edge of Your Seat Podcast, episode 245. Don't know where you're listening to this episode, but you can catch Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, rss.com backslash podcasts. That's with an S, it's plural, backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Socials, We're on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P, as long as Musk leaves Twitter alone. Like, share, review, 
comment. Please do all those things to help us on the rankings, help more people catch Edge of Your Seat podcast, help share the spotlight that we're trying to put on Illinois. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, please send an email to Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, huge shout out to Brian Cavelli, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beat on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And as always, this show is brought to you by Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. We are going to start with some winter sports kicking off Monday, November 21st. That was the first day of boys hoops. Girls had started a couple days before. Any scores that we see on Twitter, any scores that are sent to us, any games that we're at, because we're at a lot of games, we'll have some scores, accomplishments, all the cool stuff surrounding Illinois sports. We'll start with boys hoops from Monday, November 21st at the Oregon Thanksgiving tip-off tournament. Milledgeville comes from behind to beat Oregon 57-56. to Newman defeated North Boone 62-50. to The Route 17 Classic, St. Bede picked up a 55-38 victory over Streeter Woodland. Kellen Huneberg and John Brady each had 13 points. At the Dean Riley Shooting the Rock Tournament in Ottawa, Princeton defeated Streeter 60-44. Ottawa had a 60-49 advantage over Marengo. At the Wally Keller Invitational in Kiwani at Weathersfield, Putnam County knocked off Elmwood 58-38. Burrow Valley beat Anawan 56-49. Weathersfield lost to Stark County 45-39. At the AFC Tournament, Ashton Franklin Center Tournament, Polo beat Amboy 50-28. Troy Anderson had 11 points for Amboy. AFC beat Leland 55-23. Lamoille beat West Carroll 56-49. For Lamoille, Eli Kaling had 19 points and Braden Klein had 11. Other scores outside of tournaments. Henry Snatchwan beat West Central 33-20. Hinkley Big Rock beat Freeport Aquin, 66-36. Landon Roop had 20. Ben Hinsky had 17. Dwight knocked off Earlville, 65-53. Cole City beat Gardner South Wilmington, 50-48. For Indian Creek, Jeff Probst had 27 points, but Indian Creek could not beat Aurora Christian as Aurora Christian won 73-44. Indy Kalb beat Dunlap 61-59. Girls Hoops from November 21st. Fieldcrest remained undefeated at 5-0, beating Pontiac 74-45. Seneca beat Midland 43-27. Morris defeated Streeter 45-12. Roanoke Benson knocked off Putnam County 49-40. For Putnam County, Ava Hatton had 20. Byron beat North Boone. The Cowb lost to Burlington Central 41-31. Tuesday, November 22nd, we'll start with girls' hoops. The Cowb beat Rockford East 59-26. Marquette beat Mendota 53-23. Putnam County beat Salmonock 37-28. For Putnam County, Gracie Chuchi had 17 points and Maggie Rochetta had 9 points and 11 rebounds. Byron beat Pearl City. Ava Coltgen 
reached 1,000 points for Byron. She is the 10th Lady Tiger to do so. Congratulations to Ava. Fieldcrest, staying undefeated at 6-0, beat Roanoke Benson 55-32. Sandwich lost to Rock Falls 51-25. Sterling fell to Rock Island Allman 52-32. And Oregon beat Polo 42-27. Boys Hoops, Henry Sinanchuan lost to Monmouth United 69-28. Irville knocked off Monmouth 55-46. Back to tournaments. The Wally Keller Invitational, which takes place in Kiwani at Weathersfield High School. Elmwood defeated Burl Valley 66-56. Weathersfield beat Putnam County 51-47, which was Tom McGonagall's first win as Weatherfield's new boys basketball head coach. We had Tom McGonagall and his predecessor, Jeff Parsons, on a previous episode, and it was awesome. Jeff Parsons now at Fulton as the athletic director. And Tom McGonagill is at Weathersfield after leaving St. Bede as athletic director, boys basketball coach, and a health teacher. The Seneca Thanksgiving Tournament Hall beat Mendota 52-46. AFC Tournament Amboy knocked off Hiawatha 47-33. Troy Anderson scored 24 points and Eddie Jones had 12 AFC beat Lamoille 68-48. For Lamoille, Tyler Billhorn had 11 and Logan Dauber had 10. The Dean Riley Shooting the Rock Tournament in Ottawa. Ottawa fell to Thornridge 78-62. LaSalle Peru defeated Streeter 58-48. John Seneca had a double dub for the Cavaliers. The Route 17 Classic, St. Bede continuing their winning ways as they beat Flanagan Cornell Woodland 59-49. Wrestling on November 22nd. A triangular in Amboy, St. Bede, Amboy, and Mendota. St. Bede beat Amboy 48-24. Then the Bruins knocked off the Trojans 45-24. The Trojans beat Amboy 42-35. Boys Bowling, DeKalb fell to Marengo 3,211 to 2,751. Let's look at the tournaments after they wrapped up. Had Thanksgiving, then they wrapped up over the weekend. We'll start with the Oregon Thanksgiving Tournament. The fifth place game, Hinkley Big Rock beat Milledgeville 69-47 for HBR Ben and Max Hinsky had 13 points each. The third place game, South Beloit beat Morrison 73-52. And in the championship game, Newman got there but couldn't take the championship home as Rockford Christian beat the Comets 74-56. The AFC tournament, Amboy won its last AFC game 53-34. In the third place game, Polo beat Lamoille. Lamoille's 2-2 over the tournaments. For Lamoille over the tournament, Eli Kane averaged 11.25 points, 7.7 rebounds, and 2.5 assists. Woof, that's getting it done. In the championship game, AFC won its own tournament 64-59 over Durand. At the Dean Riley Shooting the Rock tournament in Ottawa, 7th place game, Streeter beat Marengo 65-36. That was Streeter's first win as they are 1-3 and three after the tournament. Fifth place game, LaSalle Peru got a dub as they beat Ottawa 47-38. to 
The third place game was between Thornridge and Oak Forest. In the championship, Princeton leaves the tournament 4-0 after defeating Pontiac 73-47 to win the Dean Riley Shoot in the Rock tournament. Congratulations to the Tigers for the tournament victory. Those are always awesome. Great way to start the season. DeKalb also won a Thanksgiving tournament as they won 71-40 over Galesburg. They also start the season 4-0. Not Galesburg, but DeKalb. The Barbs, they're 4-0. The Wally Keller Invitational. Here's the all-Wally team. Weathersfields, Landon Sauer, Burrow Valley, Corbin Shim, Putnam Counties, Austin Mattingly, and Jackson McDonald, and Elmwood's Zach Howerton and Bo Windish. Third place game at Weathersfield. Weathersfield beat Anwan, which co-op for a lot of other sports, including football, Weathersfield with the 72-63 victory. The Seneca Thanksgiving Tournament. Fifth place game in Dota was victorious over Hersher, 48-36. In the third place game, Serena beat Hall. And in the championship, Seneca won their own tournament with a win over Newark. The all-tournament team for Seneca, Paxton Gertz and Calvin Merhofer. For Newark, Zach Carlson, Macrasetich of Hall, Rafael Romero of Mendota, and Cam Figgins of Serena. In the Route 17 Classic, St. Bede won the third place game over Dwight. Lots of amazing tournaments. We gotta take a break, catch ourselves, get back into sports action right after a word from a sponsor. This show is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every single way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, Check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Let's talk some volleyball playoffs. We had made it to the state semifinals. The state tournament was November 11th and the 12th in 1A. Newman fell in the state semifinals to Freeport Aquin. 25-13, 25-16. Then in the third place game, Newman fell to Norris City, 25-17, 25-18. The state champion in 1A was Freeport-Aquin is after they beat Newman, they beat Springfield Lutheran. 2A championship, Genoa Kingston defeated IC Catholic. For the 3A championship, Wheaton St. Francis beat LaGrange Nazareth Academy. 
and 4A champ, the best of the best, the biggest of the biggest, Lyles Bennett Academy defeated Chicago Mother McGurley. Fantastic season for volleyball, as always. Had teams go super far, Newman the furthest, but Marquette won a regional championship. Newark got to a sectional semifinal, but lost to Newman, and Fieldcrest got to a sectional championship game. So congratulations to all. What a great season, as always. Looking for bigger internet speeds at a better value? Surf Fiber has Mendota covered. Go big with Surf and you'll get reliable, fiber-fast internet up to 25 times faster than cable. With Surf, there are no contracts or hidden fees, and you can get a low, locked-in price that'll never go up. Want to speed things up even more? Go gig and get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers. It's the best deal of the year. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Let's get to some football. We had talked about the first round, had tons of teams in the playoffs. Let's break down second round, quarterfinals, semis, and the championships were just this past weekend, Friday, November 25th, and Saturday, November 26th. Hopefully you've seen them as 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A were Friday, 5A, 6A, 7A, 8A on Saturday. Some pretty cool games, and we'll break them down. Class 1A in the second round. We had third-seeded Marquette still alive, but they fell to number 11 Dakota, 30-19. to Marquette ends their season at 10-1. The champs for 1A was Lena Winslow as they ended the season undefeated with a 38-16 Championship victory over Camp Point Central. In 2A, the champs, Decatur St. Teresa, also remained undefeated 14-0 as they defeated Tri-Valley 29-22. 3A, last time we left off, I was still covering Princeton on the radio, WAJK 99.3, as I am the play-by-play guy for the Tigers The second round was a victory for the top-seeded Tigers as they beat Genoa Kingston 26-2-2. Princeton at that point was 11-0. Also in the second round, number 6 Byron defeated number 3 Seneca 56-21. Byron at that point was 10-1, Seneca 10-1 as well. That's how the Fighting Irish end their season. Get to the quarterfinals, and this was the game of all games Princeton, IC Catholic, everybody in high school football that is paying attention to the 3A bracket wanted to see this game, and it was worth it. We got to overtime at 2020, and man, 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 one play for IC Catholic in the overtime is a touchdown, 10-yard run, and then Princeton on third down, I believe, threw an interception, and that was a wrap. But such a great season for the Tigers. Nothing to hold their heads. They were leading IC Catholic for most of the game. But IC Catholic, just so many great players. If this running back wasn't working, the Tigers were bottling him up, they'd go somewhere else. They'd find another wide receiver. They would find somewhere to go that was not getting shut down. And after a while, Princeton was just getting tired. 
They're big guys on the line, play offense and defense. And by middle of the third quarter, you could just see that they were gassed. It was the first really, really, really cold football day. They were breathing heavy, and IC Catholic took advantage. But Princeton, such a great season, just ran into, I'm going to have a little spoiler here, the eventual state champs. And if you look at the scores of the games throughout the 3A bracket, this was the championship. It, this was the championship. Princeton and IC Catholic 27-20 was almost the closest game because then you go to the other quarterfinal that was also the same weekend and Byron, the number six seed, defeated number two Reed Custer 32-27. to So the two best games of the playoffs were in the quarterfinals. You'll see what the uh, final score is in a minute when we get there. It'll like two seconds. But Byron Reed Custer, Princeton IC Catholic, the two toughest games on the same day. That's high school football. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So getting back to Princeton and IC Catholic, Princeton ends their season at 11-1. At this point, IC Catholic was also 10-1. They had lost the game in the regular season. Byron, 11-1. Reed Custer ends their season at 11-1. So just so many great 3A teams, and they showed out in the playoffs for sure. State semifinal, Byron lost to IC Catholic 35-0. In the championship game, like I said, IC Catholic cruised to a 48-17 victory over number three Williamsville. IC Catholic's toughest challenge was definitely the Princeton Tigers. So IC Catholic ends the year 13-1 and gets that state championship that Byron robbed him of last year. Class 4A in the second round. Number 7 Rochelle advanced with a 34-22 victory over number 15 Johnsburg. Rochelle at the moment was 9-2. Number 8 Cole City fell to number 1 Carterville 22-0. Cole City ends their season at 7-4. If you didn't know, I used to work for the Carterville Courier when I was at SIU, my first professional job, and that football program has always been solid and always been stacked. A small town right outside of a college town, and for some odd reason, the football talent that goes through that school is unbelievable. Always a great squad. In the quarterfinals, Rochelle's winning ways came to an end as they ran into number three Wheaton St. Francis, and a 35-16 loss. Rochelle ends their season at 9-3. In the championship game, there was a lot of upsets in the bracket as 13, number 13, 13th seeded. I'm going to say that three times. I'm going to say that again, just so you understand. 13th, that's where they were placed in the playoffs, and they're in the championship game. And of course, I'm talking about Providence Catholic. They were number 13 against number two, Sacred Heart Griffin. And Sacred Heart Griffin stays undefeated, 14-0 with a 44-20 victory over Providence Catholic. Got to give it up to PC, though. I mean, 13th seed, they get to a championship game and fall to one of the best teams in the state on any rank. In 5A, second round, top-seeded Sycamore knocked off number nine, Mundelein Carmel, 43-0. 43-0. At that moment, Sycamore was 11-0. Number 5, Sterling beat number 4, Chicago Good, 50-8. Sterling was 9-2 after the second round. 
Number four, Morris defeated number 12, Centralia, 56 to 0. Morris at that moment was 9 and 2. So we had Sycamore, Sterling, and Morris all advancing to the quarterfinals. In the quarters, Sycamore knocked off Sterling 28 to 0. Sycamore advancing to 12 and 0 in the state semifinals. And Sterling ended their season 9 and 3. Number four, Morris defeated number one, Muhammad Seymour, 35 to 14. Morris 10 and 2 moving into the semifinals. So both Morris and Sycamore in the state tournament. Unfortunately, both Sycamore and Morris's seasons end in the semifinals. Sycamore fell to LaGrange Park's Nazareth Academy 10 to 7. Sycamore season 12 and 1. What a fantastic year for the Spartans. Same thing with the Redskins of Morris as they fell to number three Peoria, 76-56 in a shootout. The Redskins and their season 10-3 were a state-ranked team all year at the top of 4A, 5A, and just so dominant. Also, Sycamore so dominant. Man, it was great, great, great season for both of those teams. In the championship game, Nazareth Academy was victorious by one point over Peoria, 45-44. to Woof, what a game that was. In 6A, the championship, number two, Crystal Lake, Prairie Ridge, lost to East St. Louis, East STL, 57-7 was the victory margin as they were 12-2 on the season and the 6A state champs. 7A state champs, Chicago Mount Carmel knocked off Batavia 44-20. Mount Carmel stayed undefeated at 14-0. In 8A, Loyola Academy, the victors, 13-3 over Lincoln Way East. Loyola Academy, 13-1 on the season, and the big dogs with the 8A state championship. Let's go right into girls swimming. The sectionals were November 4th and 5th, and the state swim and diving meet was November 11th and 12th. The Byron sectional, Hananiga won it with a 201. Byron was second with 192 and tied for fourth with Sterling with 136. In the 200-yard medley relay, Byron was victorious 1 minute 50.44 seconds on the winning team for Byron. Senior Audrey Kilmer, senior Lily Sweech, junior Maddie Groherring, and senior Emily Marshall. The 200-yard individual medley, Audrey Kilmer, the Byron senior, finished first, was victorious, 2 minutes, 11.31 seconds. In diving, Byron sophomore Addison Ballsman was second, 461.55 points. The 100-yard freestyle, Madison Austin, a sophomore from Sterling, was victorious at 52-24. Bryn Kissick, Rochelle sophomore, competed in the 50-yard freestyle, the 100-yard freestyle, and the 100-yard breaststroke for athletes with disabilities. Congratulations to Bryn. At the Lockport sectional, Sandberg won it with a 260, and Morris with 32 points was 11th. In diving, 
Morris Sr. Kylie Carpool was second with 378.05 points. At the Normal Community West sectional, Normal Community won it with a 268. LaSalle Peru was 7th with 77 points and Pontiac was 10th with 33 points. At the Pekin sectional, Dunlap won with a 279. Geneseo was 11th with 16 points. And at the St. Charles East sectional, St. Charles North won with 301 and DeKalb was 9th with 55 points. The IHSA State Girls Swimming and Diving Champion was Winteca with 149.50 points. None of the teams that we cover on a daily basis, an everyday basis, all day basis, had a team score or finished individually in the top rankings. Congratulations to all the swimmers, all the volleyball players, all the basketball players that did such an amazing job throughout the year getting to state championship games, regionals, sectionals, super sectionals, all those things. Doesn't matter what level you got to. I know everybody wants to win a state title. There's only one state title. There are going to be losers. That's the way life works, the way sports works. But you have to, have to, have to enjoy the moments that you have. Even if it's just a regional title, it's not just a regional title. That's a regional title. There are teams all across the country not just Illinois, that are begging for a regional title that have never had one or haven't had one in 20 years or something like that. They're huge. So embrace it. Enjoy it. Keep playing the sports you love. We are in, I almost said November. We're in December. So it's cold. It's probably going to snow soon. I know it's already snowed once, but it went away real quick. It's going to snow more and it's going to be cold. But you know what you can still do? You can still work on your home. You can still fix the things inside. You can still put in new paint. You can still put on new paint. You can still put in new drywall. You can fix electrical outlets. You can fix pipes. You can fix so many things during the winter that you didn't think you could do. And you know who you can call to help? Olson Construction. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself and offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Keith Miles has the skills and over 10 years of experience to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, that is going to wrap up the intro. We have a great show with great guests in Putnam County Principal Dustin Shrank and Mark Merrow, a former WWE wrestler and former Golden Gloves boxer. He is on a world tour, world, not national, being a motivational speaker, helping students get through difficult times in their life, and to help them stay away from drugs and alcohol. Well, we will be back soon. Have so many, so many amazing guests in the vault, recorded, ready to go, ready to edit, ready to put on a show, and to get out to you to hear. So we better get to that. And while we're getting to that, here's some great conversations with Dustin Shrank and Mark Merrow. Until next time, peace. 
as usual, we have a special guest on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and I'm doing a car interview today outside of the office. Like, you know what? It's windy, but it's a beautiful day. My car doors will stop the wind. Perfect place for a conversation chat. Our guest today is Putnam County Principal Dustin Shrank. Principal Shrank, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. We're doing a little uh, meet and greet before I hit the record button. I've been in the area for quite some time, and this is your first year with Putnam County, correct? Yes, this is my first year here. I actually uh, grew up in the area, taught in Spring Valley for uh, four years, and then uh, became a principal down around the Peoria area for eight years, but happy to be back in Illinois Valley. Gotcha. And where did you go to school at? Where did you graduate high school? Graduated high school from Ottawa High School. Went to Seneca for three years and then transferred my senior year to Ottawa High School. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2003. So you're a year older than me. Did you play basketball? No, I'm about uh, five foot seven on a good day. So I was. Uh, my basketball abilities are pretty limited. I was going to say, if you played basketball, there's a good chance that we met on the court. I graduated Mendota in 04. Oh, okay, okay. Good deal. Yeah. Well, glad we got to got to know you. So you've been around the area, different schools, different positions, and now you're a principal. It's got to be a good feeling to, you know, be kind of in the admin role. It, it is, especially at the high school level. It's kind of neat to see the progression. You know, I've worked in uh, top fifth grade, worked in a junior high for a number of years, and it's kind of nice just to see the progression now here at the high school and see the culmination and see what's uh, what's next for the students. And I try not to, like, rah-rah or cheerlead too much on this podcast, but... Putnam County School District is a really top-notch, top-tier school education district in the area. It is. It is. And it's, uh, it's, it's a great district to work for. A lot of great people, a lot of great students. So, like I said, this is uh, definitely what I consider to be home. Were you looking, when you were looking for positions and things, were you looking for a big school, a small school, or you're just like, hey, whatever is a comfortable feel? No, I actually I was looking for a smaller district. The district that I was in before had roughly 1,600, 1,600 students, um, which is great. But, you know, trying to learn that many names and remember everything that's going on in everybody's lives is a little bit difficult. So, you know, having taught in Spring Valley, being able to work in a nice, small-knit community, this felt like one that uh, I certainly found myself applying towards. And, you know, it, it's great just to have some community support, you know, some people that are vested in their kids' education. And, you know, it's been very welcoming, and I'm excited to be here. really am. If you ask me, a principal is kind of like a jack-of-all-trades. I feel principals do absolutely everything, whether they want to or not. Is that kind of what you are? You got your hands in just about everything? Yeah, a little bit. In fact, last week I got to play secretary for a day, so that was exciting. But uh, oftentimes, you know, just with the teacher shortage and such, we're, uh, we're constantly in classrooms subbing or, you know, whatever, wherever the direction pulls us. But... No, it, it's definitely jack of all trades, and you just got to be ready for whatever the day throws at you. Last week, I believe it was, something or someone was kind of thrown at Putnam County and former professional wrestler Mark Merrill. How did you get Mark Merrill to come to Putnam County High School in Granville, Illinois? Well, we uh, actually, in my previous district, I was looking at uh, motivational speakers. And just kind of growing up watching wrestling myself, I actually stumbled upon his website. And I'm like, you know what, this would be a great idea. So I watched a little bit of uh, his YouTube videos about five, six years ago and had him come to my previous district. And he was phenomenal. I mean, even as I was leaving, kids were still talking about his message and the impact that he had. So um, when I came here to the high school level, I thought it was a great, uh, great way to kind of kick off the school year. I know we're a couple months in, but 
you know, just to kind of give students a little extra motivation and stuff as well. So hearing Mark tell his story and just kind of be, you know, kind of be humbling and, and, and inspirational uh, to the students. It was a great message. So I kind of, I worked with this team before, so I kind of reached back out to them to see if it's something that uh, we'd be able to coordinate. And lucky enough for us, he was able to come this last week. He's on, he's on tour and all over the country. So uh, we were pretty, pretty uh, happy to have him come over here to uh, Putnam County High School. I got so many different avenues. I want to take this conversation first. <laughs> From here, I'm like, huh, which way do I go? We'll start with this way. What was the actual date of his visit to Putnam County? The actual date was this last, uh, let me take a look here. I believe it was this last Thursday, the 20th. So he came, yeah, 20th it was actually. So he came here in the morning. Uh, he was in the suburbs the night before. Uh, so he came here in the morning and uh, his presentation was from 10 to 11, but he actually got here about 8.45, kind of did a little meet and greet. Uh, one of our other teachers here is a wrestling fan, so he wanted to go in and make sure that he got to talk with him about some wrestling stories. But then uh, we had our student advisors as well as our student council kids go in and just kind of talk to him a little bit about his experiences and, you know, kind of the direction in which life took him. So it was, uh, all in all, it was a great day. You know, students really enjoyed it, and we were very fortunate to bring him here. You were saying that you liked his message and you brought him in because of the message. What kind of exactly was he saying to the kids or the motivation speech that he was trying to give? Sure. So he actually, uh, his speech kind of talks about his upbringing, kind of his backstory, how he was mixed up with drugs, alcohol, didn't really value family, talked a lot about his siblings. Um, unfortunately, uh, a couple of them that have passed away, talked about his mom and how, you know, she was really his uh, inspiration. But once he got into drugs and alcohol and, you know, decided to become a wrestler, wasn't really there a whole lot. So talked about how he was on a worldwide tour overseas, and uh, that's how he found out. He got a knock on the door and uh, saying that he needed to call home. And fortunately, when I called home, they told him that his uh, mom had passed away. So, you know, I think for him it was kind of a little bit of a, uh, you know, a bad story, but yeah, obviously how he triumphed and how he kind of, you know, kind of turned his life around a little bit and instead of just valuing money, you know, he kind of found what his, what, what his real happiness was and that's just kind of the value of life and trying to make a difference in everybody's lives. So, you know, he talked about bullying a little bit and how he was bullied as he grew up. A lot of it was just kind of how you can uh, overcome things and, you know, I, I, I felt like the message really resonated with our students. Awesome. What was some of the feedback from the students after speaking with Mark Merrill? I, I think they were super excited, you know, in his, in his uh, opening video. It showed videos of him wrestling The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And for some of those students that uh, actually watched wrestling growing up, um, or even their parents, you know, they thought it felt like it was pretty cool just to have somebody um, come, to, come to Putnam County High School just because they said, you know, we would never really have that opportunity to meet somebody like that so and even have a conversation with them. They were very pleased. The line to meet him afterwards, because he stayed and took pictures with kids, signed autographs if they wanted to. It was <laughs> pretty long, but uh, you know he stayed until every last student that wanted a picture with him or wanted their autograph was able to do that. So I think it was a great experience for both Mark, but you know I think it was an even better experience for our students to kind of hear that message and be able to share, you know, some of what they're going through with somebody who's gone through quite a bit himself. To get somebody like that into the school. And when I say it like that, I'm like, uh, you know, a former professional football player, wrestler, MLB player, actor. They go around talking, speaking, sharing their story. What do you have to do to get them to come? I know you looked on a website, contact info. Do you have to pay them? Is there some kind of arrangement? What do you have to do to bring somebody in like that to a school for positive messages? 
Yeah, so there is a fee associated, um, like many motivational speakers or any keynote speakers for that matter. So there was a fee, um, but really just kind of reaching out, sending out uh, inquiry to see if it'd be possible to see if we could get him here. Um, kind of looking at their schedule, because like I said, he does worldwide tours. In fact, I know right after he left ours, he was going to, he had a flight out of O'Hare and was going to New Jersey the very next day and had a couple of speaking engagements the very next day. So just kind of reaching out to their uh, person who books him. And then it's him, and then there's one other person who travels with them, um, and just kind of having a date and time set. Uh, they also do a parent night. Unfortunately for us, we weren't able to do that just because we had parent-teacher conferences that night, and he also, like I said, had a flight to catch um, as well. But, you know, it, it was pretty cool because uh, we, we actually had the time all set up and everything. And about a week before the uh, assembly, he, he called me on his personal cell phone, just so he could see if we could change the time, which I thought was cool that he did that, and you know, not somebody who works for him. He did it himself, just because he's like, "Hey, man, I gotta, I gotta catch a flight out of Chicago. Is there any way we could move this up?" And he said, "Either way, they were fine if they had to move their flight, but we were able to coordinate that." But yeah, they've been, you know, on my uh, two times that I've worked with them, they've been super supportive, easy to work with. Like I said, it was all in all just a, a great experience for everybody. How important is it to bring in speakers like this that, you know, they might know the name, they might know their profession, might know what they're doing, but the students being able to relate or get a message from speakers, how important is that for an administrative role at a school to bring somebody in like that to speak to the kids? Yeah, I think it's critically important. You know, I'm sure they hear it from the parents and they hear it from teachers and they hear it all day long from different people, but... When it's somebody that, uh, you know, they may be seeing on TV or somebody that they can look up to or, you know, even having a, a personal story that they can relate with, I think that's that's huge for them. You know, I think the more that, uh, you know, you have somebody like that, that they can kind of get a little bit of buy-in, the better the message is going to be received. So as principal or as a teacher, as a parent, we can say it till we're blue in the face. And, you know, for a lot of kids, it might go in one ear and out the other. But if it's somebody that they look up to or somebody that, you know, they might idolize or, or, or basically have as a girl, um, I think that they're going to be able to take that message and kind of relate it a little bit more like, okay, it's not just teachers or not just the principal, not just my parents, it's outside people as well. So I think the more that uh, they can hear those messages from people outside of a school setting or outside of a parental role, I think it's going to be important for them to hear. Definitely. Now we have to get to your wrestling fandom. <laughs> sure. So you're a year older than me, so that means... You were prime age for the Attitude Era, which Mark Merrill was a part of in the late 90s. Yes. So this means you had all the wrestling magazines, you had wrestling figures, and you wore a Undertaker t-shirt to school at least three times a week. Uh, typically, that's about accurate. Yeah, if it wasn't Undertaker, it was Stone Cold or Rock, but yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. I grew up in the same boat. I grew up, obviously, you know, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior as you're growing up, and these larger-than-life size figures, and say your prayers, eat your vitamins, Hulk Hogan style, and then you go into Austin flipping the boss off, giving them the Stone Cold Stunner. I mean, I think it was the greatest era of wrestling. What do you think? Oh, I think so, too. I think just having the Attitude Era where basically anything uh, anything could go did go. Um, but, yeah, it was a great, great way to grow up, you know, and just kind of hearing the different storylines, listening to the promos and watching the action on the ring. I don't think there's anything that could compare to it. I mean, even, you know, I still watch it today, and it doesn't compare. You know, it's getting a little better, but uh, it definitely doesn't compare back to the Attitude Era when, uh, when I was growing up watching it on TV. Mark Merrill fits in here as we were starting to see some 
of the aerial moves like no other. Sure, there was a couple people that jumped off a top rope like a Tito Santana or, you know, a Rick Martel with a a drop kick or something, but Mark Merrill was doing moonsaults and flipping all over the place, and at his size, that was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy, and even now, I mean, he's 62 years old, but, uh, you know, he took his suit jacket off, and he still looked pretty jacked, so, uh, you know, seeing somebody like that, and even talking to him a little bit about those moves, you know, he's got uh, the autograph picture that he gave some of the students, and myself included, he's got his three little, three faces of Mark Merrill, uh, you know, a marvelous one, blanking on the other two right now, but I just remember the marvelous Mark Miracle where uh, Sable would come down with him and how he had the Intercontinental title and such. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was quite uh, quite an era to be a wrestling fan. That is for sure. Was Johnny B. Bad one of them? Johnny B. Bad is one of them. Yes. Yep. That's another one. I remember him in uh, WCW. He was almost like Apollo Creed in Rocky, almost. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. He came out, and I remember he had like the. Uh, oh, he was a professional boxer before even a wrestler and stuff. So I think that's kind of where he got his wrestling attire. A lot of it came from his boxing days. Yeah, wasn't he a Golden Gloves fighter? He, he was. Yeah, out in New York, because um, he didn't get into wrestling. I don't think he said until he was thirty, if I remember right. So he got into wrestling a little bit late in the game. Um, he originally was going to be a professional boxer, and then once he got mixed up with the drugs and alcohol, and he got injured, he uh, took some time off and kept talking about how he was going to come back, come back, but he was just so far into the drugs and alcohol that never happened, and then uh, turned on wrestling one day, and he, I think he was with some of his friends or something, he said, you know what, that's what I'm going to do, and they kind of laughed at him, and, you know, nah, the, the rest is history, because he, he was able to reach his, reach his dream and uh, overcome a lot of things, so. Going back to, you know, wrestling, and we were talking about The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, are those your favorites, or who would you call your favorite wrestler? Just kind of growing up, I'd say The Rock was probably my favorite wrestler. Um, you know, just hearing him on the microphone, too, was, was huge just because of all the catchphrases and everything else that he had. And as a kid, I was, you know, that was pretty humorous to me. But I would say The Rock and Stone Cold had some great feuds. And, you know, I, even now I will go back and kind of watch their last match at WrestleMania and stuff. And kind of just cool just to see some of the, you know, hearing some of the uh, stories from the back as far as, you know, him kind of patting them and, thanking him for having the last match and stuff with him there in the center of the ring. So, yeah, I'd say those two are my favorite uh, of all time. You know, even now, watching it, you know, whether it's WWE or AEW, uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool to kind of keep up with both things and, you know, seeing how the storylines play out. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I just don't think anything can compare us back to the Attitude Era. So I go in gaps. Like, I was a huge uh, early 90s wrestling fan. I watched a little bit in the mid-90s, then I stopped through high school because, you know, sports and doing things with friends, and then I went to college, so I didn't really watch then. Then I picked up again in probably like 2010 or 11, you know, John Cena fame, he's going nuts, and I watched for about four or five years, and then at a point I was like, you know what, as much wrestling is on, they got the network, and you know, there's like 15, 20 hours a week if you want to stay in the storyline completely. And then there was two pay-per-views a week, and I was just like, I cannot devote that much time because I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy, so I had to step away. Yeah, no, I can't say I blame you. Even now, I kind of, I set the DVR and fast-forward through the commercials, and honestly, a lot of matches I kind of fast-forward through. For me, it's more interesting now just kind of keep them up with the storylines, hearing kind of the promos that people are cutting, and just kind of comparing it to the Attitude Era, so... Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, wrestling on TV, and trying to keep up with it all would be basically a full-time job for anybody with all the content that's put out there. But, uh, 
it is still pretty interesting just to kind of follow some of the storylines uh, these days. But unlike you, I don't watch it uh, near as near as much as I as I once did. But uh, every now and again, I get that itch that I just okay, I'm gonna binge watch a little bit fast sports. I'm glad, so. Okay. Watching now, who are some of your favorites? Oh boy, um, AEW. I tell you, they've got a guy named MJF that uh, is absolutely phenomenal on the mic. Pretty good in the ring as well. Uh, I feel like Chris Jericho, which is crazy that he's still wrestling for AEW. Uh, for WWE, boy, one of my favorite. Man, I don't even know if I'd have a favorite right now in, in uh, WWE. It's always nice to see Brock Lesnar come back, um, especially with the persona he's got. Roman Reigns is another good one uh, that, that kind of uh, pretty good having with uh, Paul Heyman next to his side. But, you know, I think uh, both of them are putting out a pretty decent product and stuff now, but I don't know that we'll ever get uh, the Attitude Era back, that is for sure. Probably not, but competition is better than no competition. Oh, it is, absolutely. I think it only increases the, the product for, for both of them, especially on a weekly basis. So, pretty cool to see. Definitely, most definitely. And people say I'm crazy when I put Chris Jericho in my top five. But seriously, he's a legend. He's awesome. Oh, I, I love Chris Jericho. I loved when he uh, loved him when he made his debut in WWE. And like I said, for, for him to still be wrestling, and not just wrestling at his age, but my gosh, he's still one of the greatest performers out there. And, you know, between wrestling and even his band that he's got going and listening to his theme song come down and have, hearing the fans sing along to it, pretty cool to see somebody that uh, I grew up watching still doing it and still doing it at a very high level. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's he's got a belly, and you can see the age, but he performs <laughs> right through it. He does, he does, and you're right. You definitely can see the age and everything, but uh, after so many years, we're, we're all going to look like that eventually, but he's still uh, he's still a pretty good performer and a pretty good uh, person on the microphone. It blows my mind how... All the bumps, everything that these guys do, especially the people that were around in the Attitude Era that took the headshots from chairs and went through tables and did all the crazy acrobats, and their body is still in, like, tact. Like, how it's not falling apart, I do not know. Yeah, it's crazy. Even Mark talked a little bit about that as far as the chair shots and stuff that they used to take, and obviously now they don't do that. But, you know, looking back, I mean, it was nothing to be clobbered in the head numerous times on a weekly basis, and... You know, he talked a little bit about knowing what we know now about concussions and stuff. Obviously, we don't do it anymore, but you watch some of those old-school wrestling, whether it be the 90s or even before, just some of those chair shots were just brutal. And chair shots or, you know, going through tables and everything else that they did, man, they they, they definitely uh, were sports entertainers. But my God, they put their bodies through everything. They sure did. I think I could talk to you about wrestling all day, so we might have to stop that. <laughs> sure, that's <laughs> not a problem. It's uh definitely a passion of mine so I, I definitely enjoy it and like I said being able to uh, have Mark here as a, as a wrestling fan myself I got to uh, be a little bit of a fanboy myself and that, that's alright oh, of course it's alright always alright <laughs> yes well Dustin Shrink the principal at Putnam County thank you very much for sharing the experience of having Mark Merrill come to the school and giving us a little background about you and you know your teaching and administrative career that you have going on here so thank you for speaking with edge of your seat podcast yeah you bet thank you for having me i greatly appreciate it edge of your seat podcast always trying to get great guests come to the area do amazing things and we had one october 20th stop by putnam county high school and do some motivational speaking i'm talking about mark merrill former professional wrestler mark how are you today 
I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on your podcast. For sure. Edge of Your Seat Podcast always loves new guests, especially positive people. And you're doing motivational speaking around the world, right? Yeah, we've gone everywhere. I mean, we even spoke at uh, schools and churches over in Russia. And uh, right before the pandemic, we were in Guatemala. And we, we average about 230 events a year. 230, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. I'm on the road about 10 months. <laughs> it's crazy. How did you find your way to Putnam County? Uh, you know, we, we just get booked all over the country, and a lot of it's just word of mouth. One school calls another school after we've been there, and uh, word has traveled. Uh, we don't really advertise because we get so many bookings as it is. And uh, it was such a blessing to go to Putnam County. What a great great time we had there the principal uh dustin shrank what a great guy you know i mean the, the kids were amazing I, I still receive letters from the students they followed me on social media and you know just how it inspired changed or maybe even saved the life you never know you know so when you go on this tour you're in a school like putnam county or library or you know whatever that venue is what is the message that you're trying to provide them well, you know, I really go with relevant things that students are facing today, you know, whether it's depression, anxiety, being bullied or abused, self-harm. But I also talk about setting goals and taking action towards goals and dreams that you have in your life. I do that by sharing my story with me, a story of tragedy and triumph, defeat and victory. And, um, you know, I think that it really inspires them. They get captivated to the story. And I share stories about, you know, my family members and uh, many of who passed on that they don't realize that while I'm talking about them, that they have passed on. But when I hit that part of the story where they die, it's just very powerful. And I think the great thing is I get a lot of letters from the parents that will say, my son or daughter came home from school today and couldn't stop talking about me. And, but they told me how much they loved me and how sorry they were for acting up or something like that. It's just uh, amazing. I know as a, a former professional wrestler during the Attitude Era, you know, there's all kinds of stories you could tell, and I'm sure, you know, people ask you all the time. But, you know, every single person, and I know you for sure, have a story outside of that. When you're speaking to these kids and you tell them some of the real-life things that have happened and not just the wrestling stories, how does that affect them or how does that help motivate them knowing that real things happen to, you know, professional icons as well? Well, I think the main thing is that they see that, that they're not alone, that, that they're not the only one that, that goes through things in life. We all face adversity. And, uh, you know, and I tell them that your current trial is going to be your future testimony. I mean, who would ever think that I'd be on stage every day talking about, you know, bad things that happened to me through my bad choices or drugs or whatever it was that I share with these students. And then the losses in my life from making bad choices. And I think that it makes them think that about their choices they're going to be making and how they may have to change some things now, especially, you know, with drugs today. I mean, you, this fentanyl is killing so many young people. It's now the number one killer of young people today. And it's mixed in with everything. And, and, and you know, many kids, I mean, the parents have lost their kid to overdose without even, you know, they just want to party. They're not thinking of killing themselves. But that is just, it's, it's really unbelievable how this has really taken off this year uh, the last couple of years actually the fentanyl is how much has come into our country and now it's mixed in with so many just recreational drugs and with you being in so many different areas either in the states or across the country do you see the same kind of problems everywhere or do you just kind of you know pick and choose where you're at with what you're talking about 
you know, it's a, that's a great question. And I even said this. Uh, I was just talking about when I was over in Russia, how their kids were exactly the same as our kids. I mean, it was the same reaction to the presentation. It was amazing. I had to use a translator over in Russia, but the kids responded the same. They go through the same issues. I didn't change up the presentation at all, you know, and um, about drug and alcohol abuse and things like that. And uh, it was just amazing. But I mean, it's the same thing with Guatemala going over there. Same thing. We're seeing problems that are happening all over the world. And uh, now, in, you know, going through the pandemic, the isolation that many of the young people have gone through, and it's almost like taking two years off your life in a sense of learning and, and, and growing and, and relationships and everything that we all went through during that, that period. It, was, it really was detrimental to our, a lot of our young people. Yeah, I see it every day with the stint that it kind of caused with people taking a break from just everyday interactions and then not knowing how to interact once it was time to. Right, right. Going back to what you said about, hey, I never knew I would be talking about these things and taking a world tour and things like that. What actually got you into it? What one day was like, hey, I could really do this and, you know, help other people? You know, it was, it was an amazing thing that happened. I had a, a workout gym in uh, Florida, and a local high school called me because they knew that I was, uh, you know, former professional wrestler. And they go, hey, you want to come and speak to the, the kids about, you know, not doing steroids? And, you know, there was a football team. It was a, a Melbourne High School football team. I'll never forget it. It was in, uh, I don't even know the date, August 23rd, 2007. He asked me to come to speak to, I don't know, 50, 60 football players. And I said, sure, you know, I didn't really have a presentation ready. I just thought I'd go there and just kind of speak from my heart, you know, off the cuff type thing. And next thing I know, I got a bunch of emails from some of the players. And they said, hey, that really uh, was a cool presentation, man. Thank you for sharing that. It would be really, really made me think about things in life, you know. And uh, because I've been 19 years clean now. So when I shared that, it was just the beginning of my my sobriety. And I was just thinking about how I wanted to, you know, change my life and stuff and and unbeknownst to me, that school called another school, and that school wanted me to come and speak to their whole school in the auditorium. And it just seemed to snowball from there, and I just kept getting um, more comfortable doing it. The next thing you know, I'm going all over, the, all over the, especially all over the country. You know, we go all over. You know, I'm in New York right now, and uh, next week I'm in uh, Ohio. I was in New Jersey last week. It's, uh, it's just crazy. You've done all kinds of different things in life. You were a Golden Gloves boxer. You won wrestling championships in WCW and WWE. And then now you're doing this, touring the world, talking to young kids. I mean, talk about the different challenges as you go through life. And, you know, you're doing some pretty difficult things that are kind of hard to do. And it seems like you just step to the challenge and like, hey, it's, you know, what I'm supposed to do. Well, you know, I was always a good athlete. I was an all-star in football and hockey. Of course, boxing, I, you know, I... Won the New York State Golden Gloves year after year and eventually made it to the USA boxing team in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You know, I was really gifted in sports. And then when I got involved in drugs, it was 10 years of my life of just, you know, destroying myself, you know. And then was with a bunch of friends at my apartment. One of my buddies was flipping through the TV channels with a remote control and he, he landed on professional wrestling. And I remember looking at that television and I just say, it got that aha moment. I was 30 years old at that time. And all they said was, hey guys, I can do that. And they busted out laughing. And uh, But it just prompted me to find out where there was a wrestling school. And it was only one year later I signed a big contract with WCW as a character Johnny B. Bat. Wow. And you go from a boxer, you know, you're standing up throwing blows to you were pretty acrobatic doing moonsaults and all kinds of stuff like that off top ropes. How did you know that you could do that? 
<laughs> you know, all that comes from, um, we, I used to, in the summers when I lived in Syracuse, we used to go to this place called Green Lakes, and they had diving boards on the lake. And we used to, me and my friends would go up there and we'd do doubles or singles or one and a half or all kinds of crazy dives. None of us knew how to dive, but we were just having fun and, you know, I became very acrobatic on those things. So when I got to wrestling, I thought, hey, let me try some of this on the, you know, like the, the marrow salt where you, you face one way, you jump in the air, hit the ropes, you do a moonsault, you know? You know, different moves that I would I would come up with. And, of course, um, doing the wild thing, the shooting star press, I was the first one to do it in the WWE. And uh, just knowing that I could I could control my body when I jump, it just led to doing some acrobatic things. Sometimes for athletes, you know, when it's their time or, you know, age happens, things to the body happen, injuries happen, and it's time to move on. How did you process that and were able to, you know, positively move forward, especially with this tour that you got going on, and do something different than athletics, but still, you know, make a positive mark on your life? Well, you know, I always believe in reinventing yourself. You know, I, I, I tell people I'm never going to retire. I'm just going to refire, <laughs> you know. And uh, when I was on my last match with WWE, I was flying home from England. I thought to myself, man, I never have to fly again. I don't have to travel anymore. I, you know, because I get so sick of it doing 250 cities a year. And then who would ever think that I'd get right back into something that would take me all over the country again, flying all over the place. You know, I mean, with Delta alone, I have like 1.6 million miles. It's crazy, you know. I just enjoy it. I, you know, I, I tell you, I, I make a joke about it, but I said that I still get to go out and entertain people. But at least nobody's hitting me over the head with a chair anymore. You know, it's, it's a lot safer the longevity is going to be much better in presenting to, to students than it is to uh, be in the ring as a professional wrestler. Man, some of those chair shots that you guys took in the 90s and 80s, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I'm still ringing from some of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, where's your next flight to? Where are you off to next? Well, like I said, I'm in New York right now. we got two more days here. Uh, we got uh, two events tomorrow and two different schools on Friday. And then right after the second school, we'll, we'll hustle up to the airport. We'll fly back home for um, for Saturday, Sunday, and then fly right back out to uh, Dayton, Ohio for our next tour. Awesome. So you are legitimately all over the place. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love it, though. You know, I, I really enjoy it. I, I, I just have found a way to really connect with students. I really enjoy that connection and responding to hundreds of emails every single night. Or wish it was emails, uh, direct messages from social media uh, platforms, uh, you know, uh, TikTok, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever they are, they write to me and, uh, and, I, and I try to respond to as many as I can. That's fantastic. What you're doing is amazing. It's awesome to see, you know, people that have went through things, they've made their mark in life, and now they're giving back to communities all across the world, everywhere. That's really cool with what you're doing, and thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast and sharing that with us. You are very welcome, and I just uh, take care, and uh, don't ever give up on your dreams and goals. Life is precious, and so are you.